Hey there, gang. Ralph here. Thanks so much for listening to Hollywood Babylon. And if you like Hollywood Babylon, I think there's an excellent chance that you would also like my daily podcast, The Ralph Report. It's me talking about entertainment news, of course, but also music, sex, and life. And I got a buddy of mine, Eddie Pence, who sits in with me. And we even have a UK correspondent named Steve Ashton who brings us the entertainment news from across the pond. It's a really funny way to spend an hour of your day, Monday through Friday. Why don't you join up? It's easy to get to. Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up today. For as little as 15 cents a day, you can get a show Monday through Friday poured right into your ear holes. So why don't you check it out? I think you're going to like it. It's The Ralph Report on patreon.com. It's time to babble the fuck on. It's Hollywood Babylon with your hosts, Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman. Manchester, England, England, ladies and gentlemen. So let's babble the fuck on. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Ralph Garman. Hey! Hey! I literally smoked your city away two seconds ago. Yes, you did. Which is so ironic because I just had the fucking greatest day of my life. Normally when you go places and you tour and shit, you always say something nice about the city or make jokes about the city or just say some city shit so people are like, they know where they are. This ain't fucking that. I had a beautiful, I had a top 10 solo day of my life. Just wow. Just a day by myself. A lot of masturbation, I'm getting. Fuck there. yes, man. I, okay, I Jackson Pollock, my hotel room. <laughs> don't go in there with a black light, kid. You don't want to see it. It was, no, I just went out in the city. When we got into the town, we took a train in, which was cool enough and shit like that. And I, how, how to explain this? This is... I, I got to set the table. Uh, Before we left the States, this is such a weird example. Um, My whole life, I'm familiar with the Swedish fish. Do you know the candy, the Swedish fish? Maybe not. It's like a gummy worm over here, but... Like a jelly baby. Yeah, it's kind of like that. But it's nothing that it's ever really called to me. Uh, I found out they were vegan. I went vegan like a year ago and shit. And suddenly I'm like, I insert these things in my fucking ass. I like them so much. (laughs) So right before we left the States, before I got on the plane, I was at the airport and I saw bags of fucking Swedish fish. And I was like, oh shit, man. Like fucking, I I forgot how much I love those. And I grabbed three. What I thought was like far too many. I was like, oh, I'll be bringing these home. I killed them on the flight over here and shit. And so then I was so sad, man, that I was like, fuck, I underappreciated Swedish fish. Didn't realize how much I loved them until they were gone. Sure. That is exactly how I fucking felt about Manchester today, man. Like, I've been here before, but I never fully appreciate. I guess it's always been fucking raining and shitty and whatnot. It's beautiful today, wasn't it? Oh, my God. It was gorgeous. So much so that we got here, and I was like, I'm going to fucking go out in the world. And I never do that. You know, normally we get to a place, and I'm like, where can I smoke weed? And I go to it, and I hide and smoke weed and shit. Right. But today, I, I went to this, I 
vegan restaurant. They got a bunch of them in town and shit. Like when you travel and you're vegan, sometimes it's tough to find places, particularly in the States, man, between like California and New York. It's like if you go to fucking Wyoming and shit, they're like, fucking vegan, eat a cow, you fuck. So, you know, I thought maybe if, uh, abroad it would be harder. Fucking easy as pie, man. There were so many places to go to. I went to a place called V, what was it? H. H-Rev Vegan, is that it? V-Rev Vegan? V-Rev Vegan, man. And it was like vegan comfort food and shit like that, just like like you get back home. Really cool. I went to eat. They it, Right away, they t- treated me just like fucking normal. Because normally I walk in place and they're like, holy shit. I walked into this place and they're like, you have a reservation? I was like, no. They're like, then you can only sit there. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, right the fuck on. And I, you know, I Welcome love- to being a regular person, Fucking Kevin A, Smith. man. Oh, I love a woman that makes me feel small, you know? <laughs> so she's like, you sit at the counter. I was like, I will, madam. And oh, I, I was like, the food's going to taste so much better because you put me in my place. And so <laughs> had a great fucking meal about, you know, then somebody came in from the outside because I was sitting in the window eating and shit. And I'm wearing like the backwards baseball cap. And I was also wearing a trench coat. So it looks like Silent Bob lost Jay and went vegan. Right. So, you yeah. know. They're like, holy shit. So people would come in, take pictures. Some people in the place were like, holy shit, it's you and shit. And so then the lady who was like, you sit at the counter. She comes over. She's like, can I take a picture? And I was like, of course. Come on over, man. I love this kind of shit. I was like, hold up a menu, man. Branding. It's all about branding and shit. Took pictures. Had a fucking lovely time. Then I was like, I'm going to go back to the hotel because I got to take a shit. And I figured that. Thanks for sharing. Well, you know, part of the vegan world is your shit. I don't know how to explain it. So I went back to the place and stuff. And I was like, I'll probably stay in until it's showtime but on the way back i passed a street fair like people just fucking selling art in the street and that's my fucking jam like so right away i was like i'm gonna go take a shit and then i'm gonna i'm gonna smoke a huge joint and then i'm gonna go fucking street shopping and whatnot and that's exactly what i did ralph i went to the hotel fucking shit blazed out and shit and then i i didn't know where the place was so i like jumped in a taxi i said hey man i passed a street fair and the guy goes are you Kevin Smith? And I was like, holy shit, I am, man. Like, how do you know that? He's like, I used to listen to your podcast all the time. He's going, I stopped listening because life got in the way. He's going, but like, I was listening at a time when you were talking about Gretzky. You were really in love with Gretzky. And he's got you, I hate hockey, but you made me love Gretzky. And I fucking like fell down a rabbit hole and shit. And he's like, what are you doing here in town? I was like, I'm doing a podcast with Ralph. He's like, Hollywood Babylon? I said, yeah, you're going? He's like, fuck no. Yeah, I thought so, I figured. <laughs> he's, he's working and shit. But uh, it was lovely, man. And so he was to giving me some tips about the city. And then we got out and took a picture and shit. And then I dove into the fucking art fair. And this is... I, I brought the shit that I bought, man. Oh, it's show and tell. Oh, my God. I was delighted. First off, there's this cat, man. This caught my eye right away. I, this guy's name is Chris Rose Photography. And he takes pictures. Did you see that movie, Marwin? Welcome to Marwin? Yeah, sure. With the the one little action that, figures? Yes, where yeah. the guy takes photos of dolls and shit. So he takes pictures of, like, Star Wars figures and shit in, like, realistic landscapes. So, like a snow walker action figure and a luke figure but in the snow and shit like that he just did this portrait of every like a face shot of every kenner star wars figure that came out in the order they came out in england it had such a story behind it and i was like i will jerk off to this that looks amazing oh my god so i was like how much he was like 15 pounds and i was like i don't know what that is but it's worth it here (laughs) Oh, my God, I love him. He told me this, too. This is hip. This is an inside dish. Like, I was 
fucking just bantering with locals. It was amazing, man. People, they accepted me as their own. And everybody fucking knew me. I took so many fucking pictures. People were like, you're Kevin James. I said, I'm not close. Like, if we fucking... Oh, it was fucking so lovely. So he told me, he's like, uh, Toy Story 4 is coming. And so, like, they like to do viral art campaigns. And so they're reaching out to him about doing all the characters from Toy Story with the new characters and shit That's I was like genius. oh my god so this piece would be more valuable when he blows up totally I mean, he's like you want me to sign I was like fuck no but um <laughs> no he was absolutely fucking lovely then I bought this fucking piece which of course I, I believe it's uh, very particular to Manchester and, it, and it's uh, history particularly it's recent history and stuff but I think it goes for any family and it's carved out of fucking wood man some motherfucker carved this shit out of wood in manchester i was like what the fuck <laughs> it says because this is a place where we stand strong together and it's just written in fucking wood that's beautiful so i mean that's definitely manchester but it's also my fucking house that's me and my daughter against my wife so, oh like, that's not it's mother's day back home for god's sake right on well i sent her a card so <laughs> then i've ran into an artist man who was sitting there at the table and he had his first fucking book and it's called sleep bear and i was like this is your first fucking published work he said yeah man i said give me one it was like eight pounds and shit um, and I met the dude. And I also didn't think to get him to sign it either. It's so weird. I should have done that. But instantly fell in love with the motherfucker's art. And I was like, oh, my God. See, I love art. If I could draw, I wouldn't make all those terrible movies and shit like that. Um, and then I found this, man, a little woolen fox that this lady made and shit. And you have too much money. Yeah. I think that may be the problem. I, but I was high. And so... But also, like, we got a dog at the house, like a rescue dog, Marty, Mad Martigan and shit. And she has fox-like colors. So for the last, like, two years, we've been, my wife's been collecting, like, fox stuff. People oh. are like, here, this is like your dog and shit. So this is another one. I took a picture and I sent it to her. And she was like, leave it there. <laughs> That's fucking love. And then How I many found, pounds was the fox, by the way? I'm just trying to six, keep a running total. Six pounds. Okay. So this was six. This was eight. Uh, Fifteen and twenty bucks for the wooden thing. So okay. I'm... So far, and I'm also supporting local art, so fuck you. No, I'm just, I'm just trying to wrap my head around it. You're like my mom. How much was all this? What a waste. No, I just think you're so used to losing pounds that you can't stop. That's the situation. <laughs> you're just on a tear. Any kind of pound, you'll lose it. <laughs> This came from, it's funny, man, I'm just trying, I've taken the given money away because we got a bunch of euros because we started in Dublin and shit. So at the end of the night, we got a bunch of fucking euros and you can't give it away here, man. Like any place I've tried to spend a euro, they're like, fuck you. Don't you read the news? <laughs> so I got like lots of euros and shit. And so when we got here, we took a train in. There are two ladies. You guys in the audience right now? There they are. Yeah. One of them at the station. Their birthday, and they went to which you went to the Birmingham gig, and then you're this gig, and you're going to London gig. Talk about losing pounds. Um, <laughs> so there, we saw them on the fucking track, and they were telling us and shit. And one of them was like, "It's my birthday," and I was like, "Oh my god!" And so I gave her fifty euros because no one else will take them. And yeah. And then her friend, I looked, I felt bad. I'm like, it's not your birthday, otherwise I'd give you. I said, "But here, you could take ten. And she goes, "I know you're just trying to give those euros away and shit." That's how I'm tipping everybody with fucking euros. You should start rolling your joints in euros. <laughs> smoke them away. 
I bought this. This is cool, man. This is from the Mac Dictionary. It says, to state the truth, you must always swear down. Yeah. I kind of like that because, like, I swear for a living. Um, it is the people who no one imagined anything of who do the things that no one can imagine, said Alan Turing, the guy that came up with, like, the code breaker. What was it called? The Enigma machine. Right, it? right. And then this one is, like, one of the most heartfelt things ever. I, I got to check it on the Internet to see if fucking she really said this. It could just be an ironic quote, but this is attributed to Anne Frank. And it says, in spite of everything, I still believe that people are really good at heart. I think that's from her diary, if I'm not mistaken. Are you fucking shitting me? She yeah. wrote that? I recognize that quote. Yeah. I would have written shit like, they should all burn in hell, Dracaris. Like, fucking... Yeah. What a living saint. Two words, fuck was. Nazis, would have covered oh, it. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I'm going to fucking haunt you all, you bitches. Love and Frank. You know, that would have been me. But I saw something and instantly thought of you, because we, like, always do a bit on the show about places with weird fucking names and shit. This guy and his son, they were adorable. They were selling this towel, and it's uh, Rude Britannia. And so it has shit like bully hole bottom, cocker mouth, oh, bell end. That was last night. Yes. It was bell end, yeah. So this is for you. It's a masturbatory towel. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I'm sorry I didn't bring shit for everybody, but I, I wasn't getting the shop long enough. So while I was there, man, out in the world, like... I got to the street fair, and then they were closing up. So I just started walking around. And everyone's all about, like, yeah, man, there are good stores around here. They're the local stores. They're the, the independently owned. And I was like, what's the opposite of that? And they looked at me like I was stupid because it was a stupid question. And they're like, the chain stores, man. Tesco. Well, so I said, like, what, like Sainsbury? And they're like, we don't count the grocery stores. <laughs> we need that shit. So they were talking about, like, fucking, I don't know, the Gap and shit like that. Right. So I walked into All the, the American mall. interlopers. That Pretty much. In. I walked into the fucking mall, uh, and I was bombing around and stuff. And uh, this is a true fucking story. This happened, man. So I'm, I'm just looking at a... I've, I don't think I've ever been in a Mancunian fucking mall, so I was checking shit out, but everything was closing. So as I'm walking past this one thing, it's VR experience. There's a dude, stop. Did you just giggle? It's this lady. There's this dude who's, who, I hear, Kevin. And I turn around, and there's a guy, and he looked like, holy shit, like it's you. And he goes, oh, my God. Can you please talk to girlfriend or wife? Sorry. <laughs> Sore subjects. Yeah, really. I Girlfriend. Still. Well, he acted like you were his wife, if that helps. Um, so he was like, can you talk to my girlfriend? Um, because there's a ticket snafu. Apparently, they had tickets for our show tonight, but maybe both of them forgot the tickets at home, and home is like an hour away. Oh, man. And so maybe they weren't going to be able to make the gig and shit. He said, can you talk to her? He's like, you're the one fucking person that like I needed to see right now. Holy shit. And I said, okay. And I said, hey, man, how are you? And she was like, oh, my God, is this you? I said, yeah, don't worry, man. I got you covered. I know some people at that fucking show. So, like, if you show up, you can't get ticked. Don't worry, we got you covered and stuff. She was like, is this really you? And I was like, no, man, it's fucking Ralph Garman. Um, <laughs> Doing my Kevin impersonation? It was so sweet. So then, you know, the man was like, oh, my God, thank you. And then we took a picture and shit, and then I took off. And then when I was walking around, I met more people uh, who were like, oh, my God, you're just walking around town. I said, yeah, I like it. If I was ever going to live in a place that like, wasn't fucking America, like over here, I think it would be fucking Manchester. It's got a cool vibe. It's very artsy. 
Somebody's smitten. I'm very fucking smitten, man. You well, like I mean, that strange. That's why. You're like, yeah. My, this my, new girl looks good to me now. No. Forget L.A. Two of my. It seems like an artsy town. Everywhere there's graphics and shit like that. And, and also music. There's a lot of concert halls. You notice that? Yeah. Like fucking. So they seem to embrace the arts in a big, bad way. Two of my favorite songs ever fucking recorded came essentially from Manchester. Uh, bizarre. Love Triangle and uh, Temptation by by New Order and stuff. So like when I come to this city, I'm always like, oh my god, this is like well the same way when people go to like Asbury Park and like Bruce Springsteen recorded here. And I was born near there, so I'm like, so fucking what? Like I came here and I'm like, oh my god, there's where the hacienda was. This is where Factory Records was. Like they made fucking amazing art here that still like infects my life and shit like that. So just bombing around was really nice, and everybody was treating me like a local and shit man the one dude was like are you gonna move here and i was like let me tell you something if there's a spot open consider me the mancunian candidate because i would fucking move here man. <laughs> so so all of a sudden i'm on the street and then my man comes in kyle the guy from the fucking uh, 4d the the vr thing who you know i talked to his lady on the phone right and he goes, oh, my God. He's going, you're still here. And I was like, yeah, I'm just bombing around the neighborhood and whatnot. He's like, I can't fucking thank you enough. He's going, like, honestly, that was we were in a bad fucking place. And there was only one human being in the world that could do anything about it. And I turned around, and you were fucking there. And then we took a picture, and I turned around again, and you were gone. You were like Batman, you know? <laughs> Batmanchester and shit. <laughs> um, it was a fucking sweet day, man. I had a fucking beautiful day just walking around town and i called up my wife and i was just like oh my god man like i just had the best day of my life walking around manchester and she's like without me fuck you you know and i was like i said one of my best solo fucking days and shit like i'll always remember i bought so many fucking cool things that'll just remind me of the day so much so that we were supposed to leave tomorrow because we got a show in edinburgh yes not tomorrow but the next day the next day and i was like fuck it i'm gonna hang out in Manchester on Monday to see what a Manchester Monday is like and shit like that. Probably don't have a street fair going on, but there's a lot of fucking shopping and whatnot. There's comic book stores. I tried to go to fucking Forbidden Planet, but they were closed and shit. Where? Gee, I passed that place too. Was it called Traveling What? Traveling Lung? Yes. But there's traveling lung is a disease they get in Manchester sometimes, I think. I had a blast. Do you want to stick around with me, or are you leaving? I I have to create the show. That's the downside for me. One of us gets to go on vacation. The other guy has to put the show together. So I'm going to go to Scotland and just hunch over my computer and get some stuff done. I'm going to fucking stick around, man. Like, And, and so tonight, uh, thank you. Tonight on Twitter, man, just throw up a bunch of suggestions. Don't do it here because it'll be like, Wah. but like throw up. Get the like, traveling lung again. Yes. Like shit for me to do, man, because I'm just going to get blazed and do it tomorrow. You sure you don't want to do it? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking lovely, man. You guys got a great city. They got it down to a fucking science. What is it? Best in the world? Well, easy. don't go fucking easy. crazy. Easy. No, honestly, it, you may be right, man. It's pretty fucking pretty. I don't. I didn't understand the B. What's with the B, though? Everywhere there's a fucking B. Do you, the Manchester Worker B. Oh, right. So that's your mascot. Like the so the Worker B. Like this is a community that's like these people work, motherfucker. They're all workers and shit. Right on. 
there's got the bee everywhere and shit like that. I was like, oh shit, the green hornet. Somebody was like, that's a fucking. First of all, not a hornet. Yeah. Second of all, like, not a bee. Do you know your insects? I was like, I don't know shit. But uh, fucking, I, I'm, I'm gonna hang out, man. I'm gonna get into Manchester big tomorrow and shit. Go deep, balls deep into Manchester. I see it now. The next in the uh, the next in the film series, Jay and Silent Bob go to Manchester <laughs> to start to some road movies. We uh, could very well be, man. We just got finished making a Jay and Silent Bob movie, and hopefully, if it uh, thank you, if it works out, maybe I can take it international and shit. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be dope. Yeah. And if we did, I would like hoping Crosby used to. Um, we did uh, make this movie, uh, Jane and Bob reboot. We just got finished with it and stuff. I, I just finished cutting it right before I came here. The final cut is one hour thirty four minutes before credits, without credits. So it's fucking tight, man. I mean, I love Avengers, but I'm making anybody sit for three hours for my bullshit. <laughs> so tight as a fucking drum and shit. I had a blast uh, doing it. Uh, I love how the movie turned out. Uh, Universal has it over here, and from what I understand, it's coming in the fall, so I'll be back to escort the movie and stuff like that. Do you that. may live here by then. You might. They may have to come to you here in Manchester. I'm definitely going to be like, I'm going to Manchester. They're like, we need you to go to a lot of places. I'm like, well, I'm going to Manchester. <laughs> um, so it, it was uh, a fucking blast. Everybody uh, who I've worked with in the past, even people that weren't in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, which were technically sequelizing, uh, they came back and stuff like that. Like Justin Long has been a bunch of things, but not in those VSQ movies. And then boom, we brought him in and stuff. Sure. So had a fucking blast. One of the people that came to be in the movie as well was the guy sitting to my left, Mr. Ralph Fuck uh, Garman. <laughs> I was gonna say Ralph Fucking Garman. I saved that to the end. Put that in the credits, which is Ralph absolutely. Fucking Garman. Ralph Fucking Garman. So uh, the movie, for those of you that are maybe unfamiliar with or haven't been following that closely, uh, is a, a, I guess it's not technically a sequel, more of a requel, a reboot and a sequel to Jane Silent Bob uh, Strike Back and stuff. And the plot of Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, if you don't remember, was Jane Silent Bob find out that Hollywood is making a movie about them, so they travel cross-country to Hollywood to stop it from happening. Um, that was fucking 18 years ago we made that movie. Wow. And I've grown as a filmmaker and shit, tuck, tusk notwithstanding. And so... I would never make a movie as simple as that again. So naturally, Jane Silent Bob reboot is completely different. In Jane Silent Bob reboot, Jane Silent Bob find out that Hollywood is making a reboot of that old movie. That was oh, it's a twist. And then they go to Hollywood to stop it again. It's the same fucking movie. Gotcha. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, as yes. they say. Um, so in the first 20 minutes in the movie, um, I was able to get ralph into it and ralph came out to shoot when we were in new orleans man and like uh some of the people in the movie are pretty famous and shit uh ralph maybe not as well known to some of the cats in new orleans i would say none of the cats in new orleans and most none of the cats anywhere ever yes yes so when ralph comes to set you know they were like who's the new guy and i was like that's my friend ralph we do a podcast together and stuff and they were like oh he's a podcaster um, and then I was like, well, well, wait and see. And then he fucking did his scene, first fucking take, busted everybody up. And then people were like, who is that guy again? And I was like, he's a podcaster. <laughs> um, but what we did is uh, we threw it together to bring, to show you if you guys want to watch it. Man. 
Well, we knew we were coming out here. Kevin said, let's do something special for those folks. They've been waiting five years for us to come back. So we brought a little clip from the film, including my, uh, my little role in it. So we wanted you to enjoy that this evening. Only thing I ask, folks, please, no recording and shit. Uh, if you record it, like, we'll stop and fucking stare at you. And everyone will stare awkwardly and be like, he said he liked Manchester. Why'd you ruin it for him? Right. Shit. Um, yeah, please don't. If, and if you see somebody recording it, well, don't hit them. It's not a Trump rally, but like fucking just be like, hey, man, he fucking specifically asked you not to. And he had a fucking heart attack last year. Give him the Manchester kiss. You yeah. don't know what that is, right? Yeah. What is that? Headbutt right to the nose. That's called the Manchester kiss? But Davy Jones told me. I don't know. He was the Manchester cowboy, so I believe him. He was from Manchester as well? Yes, he was. Yeah. Then he was a buddy of yours. Yeah, he was. Um... Okay, so please don't record it and shit. As long as you don't record it, I can share it with you. It's just for the people in the room and shit. We're trying to keep this kind of thing quiet. But without further ado, just to place where this is in the movie, um, this happens about the 17-minute mark. Jay and Silent Bob have just found out that there's a new movie being made about them, so they're like, we got to go to Hollywood to stop it. Uh, last time they went to a bus and then decided to hitchhike. Uh, this time they go to an airport. And so, bless you, this is the scene that happens. Uh, they get to the airport and find out there's a rideshare option. Um, so they wind up taking that. They've never heard of rideshare before. And our rideshare is not Uber. We made one up, and it's called Ride Me Now. So they have just found out that this app exists, and Silent Bob has downloaded it and stuff like that. And that's when we're about to see what we're about to see. All right, let's dim those lights and watch a little bit of Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. There you go. Little tease for this fall. You give good angry, man. I got a lot of practice. <laughs> Method acting, son. There's no anger in fucking Manchester, my friend. It's all love and art. <laughs> wow, you have truly found your nirvana. <laughs> You're going to be like known as like some odd character in Manchester like there's a guy who looks just like Kevin Smith who just keeps wandering the streets of Manchester you're gonna become a legend I'm not known as the guy he's that dude that looks like Simon Bob gives out euros <laughs> yeah, right that's presents yeah <laughs> all right let's kick the show off the way we do almost each and every episode by talking to you kind folks out there in the audience who have come particularly long distances or celebrating special occasions with us tonight it's a segment we call the shoutouts. It's a shoutout with Kevin and Ralph, so get your cock out. Yeah. Get your cock out. Wow. Is Jim Thompson in the crowd tonight, Jim? Hey, Jim, how are you? That jingle you just heard, it's a shout-out with yeah. Kevin and Ralph, get your cock out. Jim Thompson was the man who wrote and recorded that for Holy us. Holy shit! It's historic that he is with us tonight. I have, I have uh, sucked microphone cocks around the world to that song. Yes, Jim. Thank you so much. Jim writes, my name's Jim Thompson, a.k.a. the guy who made the shout-out jingle many moons ago. I'll be coming to see you guys in my home city of Manchester on the 12th, which also happens to be my birthday, strangely enough. Happy birthday, Jim. Happy birthday. 
He says, on a serious note, I'd like to thank you both. A couple of years ago, I had a stroke due to an AVM on the left side of my brain. The legend that is Dan Lewisell, who's also done a bunch of music for yeah. us, uh, notified the show, and you got the audience to send me a get well soon message during one of the Babylon recordings, and it really cheered me up through a very difficult time. I'm happy to say that I've made a full recovery and can't wait to see you guys at the Apollo. Get your cock out, Look Jim. That, Thank man. you, Jim. Jim is representative of so many of the Hollywood Babylon community who have contributed art and jingles and music and segments. It's just an endless stream of talent of folks out there. It literally makes the show better. It makes me happy. Like, whenever we do the show, it's something I look forward to, and I love the way it was composed. I, like it's, I'm so fucking achingly familiar with it. Like, having you in the room is really cool, man. Thank you for making our art better. Thank you, Your Jim. Art. We appreciate it, sir. Jim Thompson. All right. Uh, we don't have to do that. Nah. Nah, we're going to pass on. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear Jim. Jim. Happy birthday to you. So get your cock out. Uh, Troy and Simon and Paul and Curtis. Oh my God, they sound like a chorus of Muppets. Yes. <laughs> yeah! Troy writes, today is the night before a very special anniversary for me. Three years ago tomorrow, I was on my way to getting married in Vegas when I had a memorable and tender, tender experience with Ralph in the men's room bathroom at the Improv in Los Angeles after the show. I was the tall, dark, and handsome Australian man. You sure that was you? <laughs> you didn't read my shout-out that night. I told you that, but then you told me to shut the fuck up when I complained about it. <laughs> oh, now I remember you, yes. <laughs> I'm happy to say next week is my third anniversary. My wife's at home tonight because she doesn't understand what she calls boy humor. So I'm here with my fellow degenerate. Sounds like fucking vaguely pedophile. It does, you know? yes. They like that boy humor. So I'm here tonight with my fellow degenerate friends, Simon, Paul, and Curtis. They're kind of cunts, but they're good for a laugh. <laughs> I gotta say, I love your use of cunt over here. I really do. It warms my heart. I gotta say, I... Kevin likes the art. I love the cunts. The art of the cunt. That's right. Uh, they're big fans, and it's our first time to see you or Kevin live. I was wondering if, for the first time, and in honor of our special anniversary, if we could both come up and get one big happy selfie with the both of you. No. No, that's not going to happen. Much love, Troy. Um, more importantly, Troy, Simon, one of your friends, also wrote an email that I'd like to read right now. Thanks for coming to Manchester and gracing us with your illustrious presence. I'm a big fan of all of Skinny Kev's films. I have to admit, I didn't know who Ralph was until a couple of years ago when this Australian cunt, Troy, who used to sit next to me at work. And on a weekly basis, he would prattle on and on about how he blew Ralph in the toilets at the improv or some such shit <laughs> before he got married in Vegas three years ago. Ralph this and Ralph that, he's the best. But then apparently you didn't read out his fucking email for God knows what reason that night. So I'm begging with you, pleading with you, Read his fucking email tonight and don't make my life a living hell. 
listening to his sorry, blubbering ass talk about how you came to Manchester and didn't read his email again would be unbearable. Cheers, Simon. So there, I read his email, Simon. Okay, there we go. And you never called, Troy, after that moment in the bathroom, and I'll never forgive you for that. So. Uh, John that, Lomas. Oh, sorry. Is that the end of the epic? That is the end of the epic, yes. They're really not getting a picture? No. <laughs> we got a show to do. we got to move things along. <laughs> oh, my God. You're such an ugly American. Like, <laughs> it's How about we invite Troy and his friends to come backstage and say hi after the show? How about we do that? Does that sound like a plan? Is that okay, fellas? Can we do that? We'll sort it out with the management. You find somebody, find somebody in the theater, and you, go, you guys will come back, and we'll take a picture or two, okay? Thank you can you. meet Ralph in the bathroom again. Yeah, we'll meet you in the bathroom. Uh, John Lomas from Liverpool, England. Are you here, John? Hey, John, right up front. How are you? Oh, my you? God, he's right there. Yeah. My name is John Lomas. I'm attending the Manchester Show with my longtime viewist universe neighbor, Lisa, and my younger sister, Vicky. I've waited a long time to send this email, having not recently had the opportunity to take a trip stateside. I came extremely late to Hollywood Babylon, listening to my first episode just over two years ago. You fuck. We've been doing it for nine years. Jesus. Um, he started listening with the first three weeks of uh, his new son's life between midnight and 5 a.m. when he had the morning shift. I would keep myself awake listening to Hollywood Babylon. He says, whilst wearing headphones, I'm not a monster. <laughs> And he spent six months consuming all the back episodes of Hollywood Babylon. 252 episodes he needed to catch up, and he did that. So we appreciate that, sir. Wow, man. What is it like listening to all that shit in a row? <laughs> you fucking threw your voice. Ventriloquist, yeah. He said he also used to watch The Dark Knight Rises to keep himself awake while he was with his newborn son. So he said, as a uh, honor to both... Could Christian Bale and Bane congratulate me on smashing my pod marathon? So I think, yeah. I think they both could, actually. Oh, did you listen to all those episodes of Hollywood Babylon? Good for you. You are fucking unprofessional, mate. We are done working. No, no, no. Oh, you're listening to podcasts. La-di-da-di-da-di-da. Fuck. Fuck, John! What is fucking wrong with you? <laughs> Hello, John. Normally, this is a bit that I enjoy doing, as it's one of the only impressions that I do. But suddenly the idea of doing a British accent in front of British people. It hurts. Congratulations with your son and for bursting your podcast cherry, I believe it is. La di da di da di da. Just don't you feel embarrassed doing it in front of people who actually sound like that? <laughs> At home we can stand out, but here they're like, mate, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> and then someone yells, cunt. 
Thank you for catching up, John. We appreciate that, sir. That's funny. Hey there, you babblers. It's Ralph here. Have you ever had to hire somebody? Hiring used to be hard. You would have to list on multiple job sites, then there was stacks of resumes and a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash babble. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply for your job. As the applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Babbel. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Babbel, B-A-B-B-L-E, ZipRecruiter.com slash Babbel. ZipRecruiter, it's the smartest way to hire. Uh, Chris and Jay and Steph and Lisa? I think you're just taking credit. Yeah. You said, here's our opportunity. Yeah, they're like, woo. Is that really you? Yeah. (laughs) At least you're honest. I know, but you know what? I bought that performance. I'd like to cast you in a motion picture. (laughs) I'm sorry they're not here because this is adorable. What is it? Uh, Chris says, longtime fan. Wait, you are here? You just, are you confused? Did you just get here late? Did you just run in from the park? You're back from Germany. Doesn't say anything about Germany here, sir. I just, I'm going to need to see your passport, please. Uh, Long time fan, seeing you for the first time with my great friends Jay and Steph. And I haven't been seen in around seven years. We got together again to come to see you guys. Also, my girlfriend and I had our first kiss one year ago today. Are you guys here? Where? Are you really them? Oh, my God. That's like meeting famous people. (laughs) So, wait. A year ago, you had your first kiss? Have you done anything since then? (laughs) Gone a little further, maybe second base. What? He touched her leg. Is that good over here? (laughs) Yeah. Would David Bowie please sing happy anniversary to Lisa for me and tell her I love her so much and thank her for changing my life? Oh, that's very sweet. On your one year kiss anniversary. Jared Bowie can do that for you guys. Happy anniversary, Lisa. A year ago, you got kissed. Happy anniversary, Lisa. From your boyfriend who touched your leg. Happy birthday to you, Lisa. We're so happy that you joined us. Happy anniversary, Lisa. It's the anniversary of your kiss. Happy anniversary, Lisa. Stop it. 
kind of a, no, that's enough of that. <laughs> My goodness. That's got to get you past a kiss, man. Really? I think I got more than Lisa did. I got it all over <laughs> me here. We also get emails from all around the world. Ain't no drag. Gummin's got an email, man. Featuring Kevin's reactions. That's right. Uh, this first email. You're in control tonight with a clicker. I know. How about me? Normally, there's a whole person that does this. All one, that's all we need now is this. AI. That's right. Just like at home, I've been replaced by a battery-operated machine. <laughs> uh, Benson in Riverside, California sent this first email in. I love this segment. It's fairly new. It's when folks have been singing the wrong lyrics their whole lives for very popular songs and just recently found out that they're fucking idiots. I love that. This one comes from Benson. He said, my wife, Shelly, was listening to the song by Till Tuesday called Voices Carry. You familiar with that song? Hush, hush. very recently, Benson writes, my wife always thought the lyrics were, hush, hush, keep it down now. This is scary. Does that work? It especially works if you sing it that adorably. Thank you so much. Like Scooby-Doo. Um, we also love to pick out towns, locations, streets that have fucked up names. People send in photos of places nearby. We got lazy with this segment. We didn't really have a jingle for it specifically. Jim didn't come through for us. So um, we just call this segment, Your Town's Got a Fucked Up Name. This one comes from Emily here in the UK. Apparently she lives near Dorset, England. Is that down south, I think, if I'm not mistaken? Down south. And this is a town very near her, she says. Scratchy Bottom, just a quarter mile away from Newlands Farm. Scratchy Bottom is where you can go. Home of the hemorrhoid, I believe, is their, <laughs> their uh, site. Also, we love when people send us stuff that's meant for kids. Toys, games, clothing, food, snacks. Things that children are supposed to enjoy. But we take a close look at them and realize they're inappropriate toys. Not appropriate for girls, not appropriate for boys. What the fuck is that? Inappropriate toys. This one is from Steve Regulus from Whitestone, New York. He said, I recently picked up a few Kinder Eggs for my kids while I was at Heathrow Airport in London. Kinder Eggs, for those in the States who don't know, are little chocolate eggs that you crack open and there's a toy inside. They're illegal in the States. What the heck? Yeah, you can't, uh, the, you get them here, but you can't get them there because there's a choking hazard in the States. So they don't... Because American kids are so stupid, they eat the egg whole and choke on the toy. That's it. Like, how do you get the toy out? Eat the egg. 
It's amazing any children survive at all in the States, really. They're all so dumb. He said, I'm not sure the Europeans who make these things really think these through, however. He took this one back to the States for his son, and he said, you have to pay attention to the balloons that the toy is holding in this Kinder Egg. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, the KKK balloons. <laughs> and he also looks like he's wearing a hood. <laughs> Don't really go over so well in the States. <laughs> KKK takes on a different meaning there. We don't like dark chocolate. <laughs> Adam Bryant sent in this next one. This toy seems innocuous enough on face value. It's a toy called the Wubble. Wubble? Wubble. And the premise is, you know, um, when you play water balloons as a kid, you fill a balloon up with water and you throw it at somebody and it bursts? Yes. Well, the Wubble takes all the, uh, the mess out of that equation. The Wubble is a reusable water balloon. Sounds innocuous enough. Let's watch the uh, video for the commercial, shall okay. we? All right. It looks like a bubble and makes a big splash. It's endless water fun when you throw, catch, or smash. It's Water Wubble. Reusable water balloon balls. No tying. They seal themselves. No cleanup because they don't pop. You can fill Water Wubble over and over almost anywhere. Fill a little or a lot. Toss them and splat them or squish them. Wherever there's water, you can play with Water Wubble. You can get your set of eight Water Wubbles for $14.99 plus $4.99 processing and handling. Must be 18 years or older to order. How could that be inappropriate for a kid, right? Not at all. Adam got one for his son, and Adam's wife was very upset when the Wubble arrived. Because this is what it looks like when it's just partially <laughs> <laughs> I got one of those. Yeah, I got one, too. <laughs> they keep wondering why little Jimmy fills his up with hot water and goes into the bathroom and locks the door. <laughs> it's a flashlight for kids. You don't have to tie it off. Just nope. come in it, throw it around. <laughs> you don't want to be the recipient of that wobble at somebody's party after <laughs> Jimmy has used it. Throw it at your sister. Get her pregnant. <laughs> That's wrong. Don't do that. That's what I'm trying to say. The wobble. And lastly, this one comes from Abe, one of our listeners in the Philippines, of all places. He sent us a uh, toy. We've talked a lot on Hollywood Babylon in the past about these, uh, these poop toys that are taking over the world. Yeah. Everything is poop-related. You're irritated by them. I don't like the fact that kids now are enjoying playing with poop. It's a slippery slope, literally, sometimes, when you play with poop. And uh, we talked about this one before. Wait, I'm sorry. To where? What's after poop? You're like, after poop, it's... No, I'm just saying the slope is slippery because there's poop all over it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it is the bottom, right? Yeah. Right. We talked about this one. This is a game for kids called Fishing for Floaters that you're supposed to let turds float in the pool in the, uh, the bathtub, and then you fish them out. And yeah. whoever gets the most turds is the winner. I don't understand how that works. I would think less turds would mean you were the winner. But Abe said, be happy that you don't live in the Philippines, because this exact same game in the Philippines is called this. <laughs> Save the shit. <laughs> so I guess it could be worse than what we deal with in the States, for sure. They believe in truth and advertising. I guess so. Oh, just hours of fun with Save the Shit. <laughs> 
And uh, lastly, Stephen H. wrote this from Athens, Georgia. I am confused by Japan. That is no secret. I don't understand them. I don't know why they like the things they like. Their culture baffles me. And so, weekly, I ask the respectful question, what the fuck, Japan? What the fuck, Japan? What the fuck, Japan? This one is unfucking believable. <laughs> Worse than the child's fleshlight? Oh, you, you wait till you see. There's a theme restaurant in Tokyo that is based on a prison hospital. Let that settle in. <laughs> it's a restaurant that you go to to eat food, and the theme of the restaurant is a prison hospital. It's very specific. Not just a hospital, a prison hospital. This is what it looks like. That's the interior. The uh, tables are all metal. They've got x-rays and stuff hanging up as part of the decor. This is the menu for it. It's all blood spattered. And some of the things you can order, this is from the cocktail menu. You can get the blood infusion cocktail. You can get the pitchers of beer that come in a bedpan. Oh, shit. Or you can get the intestinal cleanse. That's made with Kahlua and Bailey's, by the way. So, yeah. And then for dessert, you got to wait for dessert because they serve a delicious strawberry-flavored gelatin, and they serve it on a maxi pad. Holy shit! Yum 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 yum. What the fuck, <laughs> Japan? <laughs> I'm going to let that hang for I a can't. while. I can't. Why don't you take a look? I don't looked, take a look. I looked. I don't do well with the <laughs> menstrual. And, like, I'm, I'm all for it. I know it has to happen. But Oh, wait a minute. You're in favor of menstruation? Yes. yes. Did you vote in that the last election? Did yes. you click that box? Check the box. But, yeah. man, that's just not... That's a, not dessert. That's not a pleasing way to end your meal. No. Oh, fuck. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's memorable, though. But would you ever want to go back there if they were like, and here's your raspberry tart? I wouldn't ask for a to-go box. I know that much. Doggy bag. <laughs> uh, also on the show, sadly, sometimes we got to say goodbye to some folks who worked in show business who left us too soon, but left behind bodies of work that will last for a long, long time. It's a segment called the Tinseltown Stiffs. And now, another edition of Tinseltown Stiffs. They will be missed. This news just broke today. Actress Peggy Lipton passed away at the age of 72. Yeah, a round of applause for Peggy Lipton. Started her career as an actress at a very young age. In the early 60s, she was doing uh, guest spots on sitcoms like Bewitched and The Magical World of Disney and things like that. And then in 1968, she got her big, big break when she got cast in a uh, show in the States about three cool, hip, hippie undercover cops. Kind of like 21 Jump Street. Yeah, exactly. It was called The Mod Squad. And their advertising slogan, I shit you not about this show, was one black, one white, one blonde. <laughs> like all the races. All the races, exactly. Here's a picture of uh, 
There she is. How beautiful. Uh, Peggy Lipton and her co-stars in that series was on from 1968. See, there you could really see her daughter. Yeah, you see Rashida Jones in her, don't you? It's yeah. crazy. Um, she won a Golden Globe Award for that role. It was a very successful, successful career. And then she married a gentleman named Quincy Jones. And she decided to take some time off from her acting career to raise her daughters. That was her priority. And once that was accomplished, she returned to acting. In 1989, she became an important cast member on a series called Twin, Twin Peaks. Peaks. Yeah. Norma. Norma Jennings. She made the pies, man. Owner of the Double R Diner. Yeah. Good pie, Norma. He would say that all the time. And uh, then she picked up a lot of acting roles as well. She worked with her daughter, Rashida Jones, uh, on that show, Angie Tribeca, that was on for a while. Oh, did they get to work together on She that played show? her mother on that show, funny That's enough. That's really cool. And she, goes, of course, came back for Twin Peaks when David Lynch brought that back as well, 25 years later. So a uh, very talented, beautiful actress. And she was, in the 60s, man, she was very popular with the fellas, too. She had a romantic relationship with Paul McCartney, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Elvis Presley. Wow. She dated all of those guys. And then, um, of course, married Quincy Jones, and they divorced in 1990. But when she married Quincy Jones in the early 70s, interracial marriages were not a thing that were very common in the States. So they went through an enormous amount of uh, prejudice and racism in their marriage and came out on the other side. So uh, she passed away from colon cancer. Apparently she was fighting that. And uh, oh. at the age of 72, she is now gone. But I thought, what a nice career and what a from all accounts just a great lady too. huge bucket of wind so we'll man. pay tribute to peggy absolutely give her a round of applause up for peggy lipton so good in that show i never saw her give a bad performance but sometimes actors do give bad performances and we have found that when it's really bad it goes all the way around to become exquisite acting to be or not to be, that is the question. Welcome to the world of exquisite acting with Ralph Garman and Kevin Smith. Uh, this week's exquisite acting comes from Leo in Whittier, California, back in the States. He said, I found a real gem for you. It's from a movie from 2005 called Dirty Love, starring Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy not only stars in this film, Kevin, but she wrote the film herself. Oh. Oh, yeah. It's a goodie. And I'm not even going to show the scene that she wrote where she has her period in a supermarket and an old lady slips on her blood and falls and hurts herself. That's not even the scene I'm going to show you. Is it a supermarket or a Japanese restaurant? <laughs> it might be a Japanese restaurant. Uh, this scene, Jenny McCarthy is on a date, and she is given some recreational drugs by her date, and she gets really high. And if anyone acts like this when they're high, see a doctor. That's all I got to say, because this interpretation is truly exquisite acting. Be real. <sighs> shit's starting to kick. <gasps> Fuck her. <laughs> Man, that's awful. Did you ever meet her? 
What's that? Did you ever meet her? I had the, uh, yes, once, yes. What, how, what? It was, I was working in the radio at the time, and she came in to promote something, and she was relentlessly, unbearably awful. She uh, auditioned on Mallrats uh, years, going back 23. Did she do that? Was that her audition? <laughs> no. But her audition was like, it was, it was fine. It wasn't like bad. It wasn't memorably bad or memorably good. And, but obviously, we didn't wind up casting her or anything. But I didn't know who she was. She'd been in Playboy. Um, and she so was one, Playmate of the Year. Playmate of the Year or yeah. something. And one of the producers knew that. And he was like, oh, I can't wait for today. Jenny McCarthy's coming in. I said, who's that? And he said, she was Playmate of the Year. I said, oh. So she came in, she auditioned. There were more people in the room than normally were because people were like, she's a playmate. Mm. Um, after her, her audition, she came in. She was treated exactly like everybody else. She laughed. That was it. Um, we spoke to the casting guy afterwards. He was like, what do you think? I was like, ah, she's okay. But, like, you know, it, it was either bring them back or they were okay. Right. That was they were okay. So a year later, two years later, uh, Details Magazine, used to be a magazine, uh, there was a reporter called me up and said, hey, man, do you want to give a quote on this Jenny McCarthy story? I said, Jenny McCarthy? What do you mean? And he's like, she, uh, we drew a story on her, and she talked about you and the Mallrats audition. And I was like, get the fuck out of here, really? She was, and honestly, this is, I'm not being, being shitty, but I was like, she was there? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, man, it's pretty memorable. It's a big part of her story and stuff. You want to hear it? And I said, okay. And he said, uh, she said that when she went into the audition, there were a bunch of people leering, a bunch of men leering at her. Oh, boy. And then when she left, she said they didn't wait for the door to close before they all started laughing. And I was, he's like, do you have a statement for that? And I was like, I, I don't even know what she's talking about. Like, that, there's no way on earth that happened. Like, it's a top-down tone that's set and I wasn't that person so nobody else would be that fucking person and shit. Right. I don't know what to say. So he's like, you want me to say that? And I said, no, do me a favor, say this. We did not um, start laughing while the door was closing. We waited until she was way out in the parking lot. <laughs> and then from that moment forward, like, she, any chance she had publicly, she would fucking take a, take take a shot. A, yeah, she don't like my, my fat ass at all and shit. You should have said, I've seen Jenny McCarthy do comedy. No one ever laughs. <laughs> That's why it couldn't possibly happen. <laughs> yes. Oh, exactly, uh, sir. Once again, you've crystallized our thoughts perfectly. Thank you so much. <laughs> Some of that Manchester truth right there. That's right. We also like to take a look at movies, TV shows, things like that, and we spot the mistakes in them that someone should have spotted while they were making the product, before it reaches the customer. But they didn't, and so we label those things shit that should not be. And now for shit we should not see. Here's some shit that should not be. This shit that should not be was sent to us by Drew Turney, one of our listeners. <laughs> Smells like Manchester. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, Drew Turney sent this one in. It comes from the 1987 classic Masters of the Universe. 
With Dolph Lundgren? Not a bad movie. Oh, my goodness, Kevin. I saw that in a movie theater. I paid to see it with my own money. And I wasn't even a big He-Man fan, but I was like, let me check it out and shit. I, I thought it was fairly well I'm done. I'm guessing you haven't seen it recently. I haven't. Yeah, you might want to take but another I look. I like the idea they brought the characters to Earth. I thought that was cool. They did, yes. Uh, Frank Langella, of course, famously played Skeletor. And in this scene, um, Skeletor is ordering his minions to capture He-Man. They're supposed to hold him and capture him. Unfortunately, one of the extras who's playing one of the minions obviously can't see very clearly through his prop helmet <laughs> and hooks his foot on the foot of one of the other soldiers who's lying on the ground and just face plants right into Dolph Lundgren's feet. It is the least effective seizing I've ever seen. Anytime <laughs> any villain said, seize him, this guy is not seizing. He's falling. And he is this week's shit that should not be. Seize him. Oh. Even Skeletor's laughing. Oh. <laughs> Skeletor laughed. I love that. You know, the editor was just like, we can't leave this in. And the director was like, put that laughing shit. Yeah, can <laughs> totally do it. Get some of that Frank laughing stuff and put that in there. Oh, we also gather together each and every week to talk about all the entertainment news in a segment we call the HBO Headlines. Give me head, give me head, give me headlines. And give me head. <laughs> The next time you are at your job and you feel maybe a little underappreciated or maybe you don't love your job and it's a particularly tough day, just take this story to heart and please have a moment for the brutal situation that Constance Wu is in. Do you know the actress Constance Wu? She was in uh, Crazy Rich Asians. She was indeed and is also on a TV series called Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, she's in that? She's in that series. And that series was just renewed in the States on ABC for a sixth season. And when the news was tweeted, Constance Wu tweeted, so upset right now, I'm literally crying. Oh, fuck. Is that how the kids celebrate these days? No. And to another tweet, she added, fucking hell. And then a one tweeter congratulated her on the great news. And she said, no, it's not. A woman on a hit television series is really upset because the, sh the show got renewed. I mean, look, it's one thing to be upset. It's another thing to share it publicly. How stupid is that? That's crazy. So then she had to backpedal and she said, y'all are making a lot of assumptions about what I was saying. And no, that's not what it's about. No, it's not. It's, it's, it's not what this was about. Stop assuming. So she put it on the people who were reading her tweets. Okay. And no one bought that. So now she's come back with yet another explanation. She said, I love Fresh Off the Boat. I was temporarily upset yesterday, not because I hate the show, but because its renewal meant I had to give up another project. So she has too many acting opportunities. They're throwing too much money at her, Kevin. That's the problem. And she was hoping that Fresh Off the Boat 
would not be picked up so she could go do something else. Exactly. What do you think it was? Smells like a Marvel movie. Yeah, maybe. To be that mad, like, fuck this show. Well, if you're on a hit series, and I'm sure she's getting paid very handsomely for it in season six, I don't think, even if you feel that way, like you said, you can't go on social media and talk about it. No. Here's the worst thing. This is the worst reaction you could have. Oh, really? That's it. That's the worst reaction you could have. She said, sometimes even my closest friends are baffled at how I could value artistic challenges over success. Fuck her. (laughs) What is, wait, so the idea is that... The other project was a real artistic challenge for her, and Fresh Off the Boat is just a, a sitcom. Oh, my God. So if you're the people that make Fresh Off the Boat, aren't you like, Fresh Off the Fuck You, man? Yes. Or if you're an actor in Hollywood who's desperate to get a job and she is saying, well, this doesn't really count. It's just a wildly successful hit sitcom. Yeah. She's the worst. She ended the whole thing by saying, I hope people can appreciate that she can have two different feelings about something at the same time. And then she ended, it's meaningful when you choose to believe women. Oh, she went there with it. That has that's conflating two very different issues. Yeah, she's stealing the Me Too movement slogan and putting it on her 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 shitty attitude. Yes, gross. Uh, Meanwhile, a lot of people in Hollywood are taking her to task for this, and rightly so. And I love how people are mocking her as the series now are starting to get renewed by the networks. Many people are mocking her openly on Twitter. My friend Seth MacFarlane, when he found out that Orville got renewed for season three over there, he responded to that tweet by saying, oh, fucking goddamn hell, fuck, fuck, dick shit. (laughs) Taking a shot at her, which is absolutely appropriate. Hey, gang, let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about getting into the stock market? Or you're just too intimidated. Well, I have a solution for you, and it's called Robinhood. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, EFTs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. They strive to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. It's simple. It's intuitive. There's a clear design, and the data is presented in an easy-to-digest way. I think it's a lot of fun. First of all, you can check out all the stuff that you really care about because Robinhood lets you view stock collections. Let's say you want the 100 most popular stocks, or you want to look at sectors like entertainment and social media. They can even curate a category like female CEOs. And the analyst ratings of the buy, hold, sell for every stock is right there for you to see. You can learn about the stock market by doing it. Learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Discover new stocks and track your favorite companies with personalized news feed. And there's custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Plus, and maybe the most important part to me personally, is there's no cost or commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You trade stocks and keep all of your profits. And right now, Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. Sign up today at babble.robinhood.com. That's babble.robinhood.com. 
Uh, speaking of television, the Victoria's Secret Fashion Show has announced they don't think they're a right fit for network television anymore. So where are they going to take it? Well, the uh, CEO says, going forward, we don't believe network television is the right fit. We're focusing on developing exciting and dynamic content on all kinds of platforms, a new kind of event. <laughs> I guess that's nothing to do with the fact that it's at an all-time low in the ratings for this show. No one is watching the Victoria's Secret fashion show anymore. That's why it's not a good fit for television, because no one wants to see it. So they're like, we might take it, I don't know, YouTube. Yeah, exactly. Or Pornhub, I think, would be a good choice, too, maybe. <laughs> All I know is my penis cried when it read this story, so I feel bad for it. <laughs> at least I think those were tears. Something was coming out. I don't know. Uh, more sex and celebrities crossing paths. Alyssa Milano, the actress from Charmed and Melrose Place, is very upset because the state of Georgia, back home, has become the fourth state to ban abortions once a fetal heartbeat can be detected as early as six weeks. This is before many women even know they're pregnant, by the way. So a lot of people think this is kind of draconian, this law. It sounds like they're coming for Roe v. Wade. Yeah, pretty much. So she's very upset about it, as many women are, but no one has gone this far. She called for all women to go on a sex strike. Don't have sex with any men until these laws are repealed. I believe that's the plot of Lysistrata's. <laughs> I believe it is. She said, until we get bodily autonomy back, all women should stop having sex with men. First of all, I didn't write the fucking law. Why am I being punished? <laughs> She cited that the Iroquois American Indian women refused to have sex in the 1600s as a way to stop unregulated warfare amongst the tribes. Got anything more recent, Alyssa? Anything? <laughs> a lot of people are saying liberals and conservatives. She's brought both sides together. They're both agreeing that she's an idiot. That's one thing that liberals and conservatives well, agree What with. is the argument? Well, the liberals are saying... You know, women don't just have sex as a favor to men. It's not something they do for men. Some women, believe it or not, enjoy having sex on their own. Why are you telling them to stop having sex? Good point. And the conservatives are saying, wait a minute, are you saying that you should be abstinent? Yes, that's what we're saying, too. <laughs> so she's getting it from both sides. So the religious people are like, keep talking. Exactly. Yeah, we're on your side. Speaking of sex, Scary Spice from the Spice Girls, of course, famously told Piers Morgan recently that she had a, a brief lesbian encounter with uh, Ginger Spice, Jerry Hallwell. Did you know this? No. Oh, yeah. She was on Piers Morgan's show. Isn't that show. what everybody dreamed about when the Spice Girls? I know I did. The two of them had a little dalliance together, and uh, Scary said it on television. And Ginger now, Jerry Horner, she's married and she's got a family and stuff. And so she was apparently a little uncomfortable about her revealing that story from the 90s when they were at their, the peak of their popularity. Ooh. So uh, Baby Spice was on the Jonathan Ross show this weekend and he asked her about that. And she said, I must admit, I was like, what about me? I felt left out, she said. Nobody wanted baby? Oh, uh, I wanted baby. <laughs> You would have put baby in a corner? I'd put her in the corner. I'd put her on the doorway. <laughs> put her on the stairs. In the lift. <laughs> Spice boy. Mick Jagger's back to full health. How's that possible? He's, a, he's 11 <laughs> He had heart surgery as well. Didn't he? he had a valve replaced in his heart. 
Whoa. Two days, in and out, two days. They've got it down to that now. They don't have to crack your chest. Anymore. No, they go through the, uh, the, groin. the groin like they did with you. Yeah. And they put the artery, the, the artificial artery inside, and they expand it and just push the old artery out of the way, basically. And you just live with the new one in place there. What happens to the old one? It just gets absorbed into your body? It just gets pressed up against the wall of the artery and just stays there. It's like a stent. Um, it's fucked up, man. Like they, they don't have to crack your chest anymore. It used to be like you, the, the recovery from the procedure was worse than the procedure. Yeah. But now, like you said, they go right up your groin. When I was in there, they were like, we're going to go up your groin. So we got to shave your groin and shit. And I was like, wait a second, what is the groin to you? You know, cause I didn't want to take my fucking gear off. I got a small dick. I see. So when I was in the hospital, like, that's the first thing. They want to take your clothes off, put a paper gown on you and shit. And I was like, I can't fuck. I'm in the ER. There's, like, 20 people around here. Some of them looking at me like, I think I know that guy, man. It's Kevin James and shit. <laughs> it's the one I time did. you wanted to be Kevin James. I, totally. Like, yeah, I'm the king of queens and shit. But uh, they, they, were, they were like, you got to get your fucking jorts off and shit. <laughs> and I was like, well, how about, like, I just, like, pull my underwear to the side and you could shave my... My groin, give me like a virgin smoothie or a landing strip or something like that. And he was just like, hey, man, we ain't got time for this. I was like, buddy, I just found out I was having a heart attack, man. If you make me take my fucking clothes off in front of all these people and they see how small my dick is, I'm going to have a second heart attack and that's on you and shit. But they punctured in. That was the only thing after the heart procedure that they worried about. Like, that was the only thing they monitored all night long. Was the, the incision where they went in? The groin cut. Because they were like, if that pops open, you could bleed out because it's near your femoral artery. That's how we went up. And I Jesus. was like, what the fuck? So they're like, you got to be real careful. And I remember the doctor was just like, no bopping the baloney. <laughs> And I just survived a heart attack, like that I had a 20% chance of surviving and 80% chance of dying in. So all I wanted to do was jerk off. Sure, huh? celebrate life. Oh, I'm alive. Dancing in the rain and shit. <laughs> uh, Mick is back to full health. They had to cancel 17 dates on the Rolling Stones' current tour. And so they just announced. Understandable. He's ready to perform again, and they're going to reschedule those dates. So if you've had tickets for any shows in the States or Canada for the Stones tour, they're going to reschedule those dates for you. Uh, Mick said he's going to take it easy for a little bit and only date women about 50 years younger than him. So it's just, it's just to relax a little bit. And he gives an active show. Like he's, he doesn't for sit two hours, chair. he's jumping he's around the stage the whole time. Yeah, Nuts, man. It's crazy. From Mick Jagger, who's really good at music, to Justin Bieber... Justin Bieber, nobody fucking needs ya. You wanna know why? I'll tell you why. Cause you're the little cunt. Yeah, knew I could count on you guys. They make cunts sing. Justin Bieber has just announced he is going to enter into a top secret project with YouTube. They're partnering, partnering up for a big project. Justin Bieber and YouTube. I think we've established that, sir. Yes. Now, YouTube, you may remember, is what made him famous. Oh, that's right. He was a little kid in Canada. He used to post songs. covers on YouTube, and that Scooter Braun, that fucking asshole, saw him and became his manager, and then now we've got to deal with this fucking cunt. 
So now what happens? He's going back to YouTube? He's going back to YouTube, and they're partnering up on a very special, top-secret project on the platform. They won't announce what it is yet, but it will be revealed later on this year. It's some combination of Bieber and YouTube together. I'm hoping it's a, a snuff film of some kind where <laughs> we get to watch Bieber just walk into the ocean. I would watch that shit. It would be a million views just in my house. <laughs> Just watch his bullshit hat just floating in the ocean when it was all over. What if it was just like, uh, hey, Bieber came up with a Tony Stark supercut. All the best moments from the <laughs> Marvel movies and shit. You're like, are you kidding me? He's making fan videos now? <laughs> that would be funny. I might actually change my opinion of him. Like, I fucking like your fan videos, man. They, they make me, rem they remind me of the movies. Bieber has announced he is stepping back from music. But then he released that Ed Sheeran song this week. He and Ed Sheeran teamed up on a song. And if you've heard it, you know he's keeping his promise. He has not returned to music in any way, if you've heard that. So it's all good. Uh, Kevin and I are huge geeks as well, so every week we like to take a look. Ruff and Kevin, Ruff and Kevin, Ruff and Kevin. Um, if you saw Avengers Endgame... I did. You know that they mention a couple times in that film how Back to the Future is bullshit when it comes to time travel. So someone wondered how the writer of Back to the Future felt about that. Oh, shit. Bob Gale? They asked Bob Gale what he thought of Avengers Endgame, and he said, I was delighted to learn from Endgame that all of the Marvel superheroes are fans of Back to the Future. <laughs> Our new, I knew our movie had been seen in almost every part of the world, but I had no idea we'd been playing in other parts of the multiverse, too, he said. Uh -oh. Now I just need to find out if we're owed any money from those multiverse theatrical runs, and if not, why my contract didn't cover those territories, he said. <laughs> so obviously he has a good sense of humor yeah, about that. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. That's cute. But Joe and Anthony Russo, the directors of that film, have also said that Back to the Future is one of their favorite films of all time, but they knew when they were going to make their film that they had to change the rules of time travel in order to make it all work for them. So that's the only reason. They meant no disrespect to Back to the Future, but they said that was a way to differentiate their version of time travel from what most people think about time Never travel. Never once when I watched the movie was I like, oh man, they're shitting on Back to the Future. It was it, it read as that, benign as hell. Plus, the multiverse gives an opportunity for Marty and Doc to show up at some point, I think. And like a Marvel movie would be great. I had no idea how much I wanted that, man. And I think there was a Back to the Future comic book at one point. See, it all comes together. together. cartoon, man, and I think Marvel published it. Holy shit. Great Scott. Steve Rogers. You have to stop fucking Peggy. <laughs> he goes back in time and just breaks their relationship up. It'd be awesome. <laughs> Speaking of Joe Russo... He is uh, leaving the MC universe for right now. They're done with all the films they're going to make for a while. They're going to make some other things. They have a, uh, um, a drama coming up called Cherry that stars their pal Tom Holland. He's going to take on a different role. has nothing to do with comic books. But someone asked him if he wanted to do a DC Comics movie, what character would be interesting to him? And his answer gave me a hard on. As far as what I collected as a kid, I collected Batman. That Ooh. Was 
that was the DC character I collected. So it would have to be Batman if I made a DC movie. Oh my God! Could you imagine? Can you imagine? Right yeah. from the people who gave you the fucking Winter Soldier. And yes, a Batman movie of that right. Caliber? Yeah. Now what do we do with Matt Reeves though? How do we get him out of the picture? He can make one too. Look, they can make twelve Batman movies a year. I'll watch every one of them and shit. True. We got like eight Jokers coming out next year, so <laughs> yeah. why not Batman? Oh, right? another one on the pile. Absolutely. Uh, here's another movie we may not need. A fourth Matrix movie's in the works. Do we need another Matrix movie? Um, I thought they're not doing a reboot. They're just doing a sequel. From what I understand, it's just an expansion of the universe they've already established. Is Keanu Reeves coming back? Well, that's what they're saying here, that he's definitely interested. But from what I remember in the third one, doesn't he basically... I thought he, spoilers, died. I thought so. But who could really tell what the fuck was going on in that third movie? Third one was tough. Uh, the reason we know this is because the director of all the John Wick movies, a guy named Chad Stalhelski, confirmed that he was talking to Lana and Lily Wachowski, the Wachowski sisters, and they said, yes, they are prepping a fourth film. And the They reason, are? The Wachowskis are doing it? Yes, they're doing it. Now, he said they may not direct it, and he said, I'll be willing to step in. I'll work on any in any capacity on that film, he said, including as a stuntman, because he was Keanu Reeves' stunt double for all the Matrix films. Oh, you're kidding. That's how he started his career, and now is directing all the John Wick films. I would, I would be interested if the Wachowskis were going back to Matrix country. That would I would, too. That would be interesting. I'd be into that. By the way, I found out this week, did you know Will Smith turned down the role of Neo? Yeah. He was offered that, and he claimed they had a pitch meeting where the Wachowskis came in and told him what the movie was going to be like. And he said, they said to me, you're being in a fight, but then you jump... And then you stop jumping in the middle of the jump, and then viewers can see all around you in the jump. And he went, hmm. And then he went and did Wild Wild West. (laughs) (laughs) Mechanical spiders. Well done. Maybe not a great choice on his part. (laughs) And lastly, HBO is finally showing a little teaser trailer for their series Watchmen. Based on the legendary comic book from 1986. Now, this is not a series that's based on Watchmen. It takes place years later. Right. This is the world, but it's a modernized version of Watchmen in a world where superheroes are treated as outlaws. And um, apparently some of our favorite older... Got a Manchester moth. (laughs) Flew into my jacket, started eating that shit while I'm wearing it and whatnot. Um... But some of the older characters will make an appearance, like Jeremy Irons plays uh, Ozymandias. Oh, really? Yes. That's cool. And Rorschach obviously has some presence in this, if you've seen the trailer. Well, following Watchmen, he dies. Yeah, but apparently some people are there to pick up the mantle. Maybe they find his journal. Remember he submitted his journal to the oh, that's Frontier right. or whatever, yeah. the last Frontier. Anyway, I thought we'd all watch the uh, trailer together since we're Fuck here. Yeah. What do you say? Let's take a look at HBO's new series, Watchmen. We are no one. We are everyone. And we are invisible. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. We convinced ourselves that they were gone. But they were just hibernating. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. They came for everybody. Oh, please. Are we safe? I guess we have ourselves a reckoning. Oh, 
What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. I think I'm going to watch at least a couple of them. Rather than just doing an adaptation, they're like, this is what happens in the world afterwards. But yeah. kind of hot, man. And that's, what's his name? Um, Don Johnson. No, no, not in it. The guy who... Oh, Damon Lindelof. Damon did that. From Lost yeah. fame, of course. I'm fucking in, man. Yeah, me too. That's right. Every week we talk about the enormous penis that hangs off of Liam Neeson, one of our favorite actors. And you guys are kind enough to send in the facts each and every week, and you did so again this week. Some even from here in Manchester. So thank you so much. Uh, starting off with this one, Liam Neeson's cock is so big. It turned Old Trafford into the theater of wet dreams. <laughs> That's Man United Stadium here. Oh, I Manchester, yeah. Footy. Yeah. They call it the theater of dreams, and so. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Is that okay? <laughs> Liam Neeson's cock is so big. Liam asked Volkswagen to build him a special car, and I think we've got a picture of that car. That <laughs> That's what he needs to get around him. <laughs> it's got it's got reins on it. Good thing the engine's in the back. Exactly. Liam Neeson's cock is so big. How big is when a woman's on top, she has to chew gum to help her ears pop. <laughs> it's altitude problems. <laughs> Liam Neeson's cock is so big. Liam's sex partners immediately qualify for handicap parking, and I think that is only right. <laughs> and lastly, Liam Neeson's cock is so big. If it ever fell on hard times, hard times would suffocate to death. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen of Manchester, England, England, have you had a good time this evening? Thank you so much for joining us this evening. We appreciate it. I can't thank you enough for coming out, but give it up for the man without whom there is no Babylon, Mr. Ralph fucking Garman. Let's hear it from my Babel brother, Mr. Kevin Smith. And that is Hollywood Babylon for this week. I'm Kevin Smith. I'm Ralph Garman. Good night. Babble the fuck off. Is that how it goes? I'm Kevin Smith. Babble the fuck off. Good night, Manchester! This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at Smodcast.com.